um, a, someone comes and is like, hey, like all these things you hold true. Well, 600 years, <laughs> God came to me. Gabriel came to me and said all yes. these things. And I have to tell you, it's like, wait, why is you're just suddenly coming about and God came to you 600 years AD? And so now, I can tell you, I, I can tell you the answer that. And I'm, um, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I hope, no, uh, no family, I hope uh, no family members are listening and. You know, you might get castrated or something. No, that's a joke. No, they, they already castrated me. It's done. But no, um, <laughs> the, no. The, the point is, um, is that I've I've had that thought a, a million times over. And right, I think if right, you're right. just an if you're an analytical person, that's going to come up in your mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing that I that allows me to appreciate uh, Islam beyond that is to understand that, like, so in in Christianity, a lot of miracles happen. Right. Like a lot right. of things that should not happen, happen. Right. right. And then a lot of skeptics of Islam will say, well, where are the miracles? Right. If 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 mm. uh, Prophet, Muhammad, if Prophet Muhammad was really uh, supposed to be uh, a messenger of God, where is what miracles did he perform? And the answer is so he was illiterate. He did not know how to read or write. Right. Yeah. And he goes up into a cave and he comes back down. Yeah. With and and this is undisputed, with the most beautiful poetic literature right. of Arabic culture to date, right? The Quran. So right. the answer that Muslims would say is that the proof of Islam being something that was ordained right. and sent down by God is the very book itself. It's supposed to be the perfect, uh, unfiltered, um, if you believe that, words of yeah. The, you know, of God from, you know, Gabriel telling him the, the, the thing that Gabriel says to him when he's in the fucking, you, do you know this story? Yeah, I know. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So the thing that Gabriel tells him when he's in the cave is read. Yeah. That's what he says. So this is a guy who can't read. And now all of a sudden he can come down and not only read it, interpret it, explain it. And like, so to get that and then to turn a group of marauding yeah. tribes, then to turn a group of marauding tribes, right, into one of, at the time, one of the strongest empires that was producing some of the greatest intellectual products that this planet has ever seen in the matter of a couple hundred years is the, is the miracle, right? But so, okay. so um, it's actually, if you, if you think about it like that, it actually makes it very firm that right. it's something that's divine right whereas you can some you you can kind maybe you want to believe that moses split the sea okay sure but like you can believe that there was one really charismatic guy who did something really amazing and turned a whole bunch of people who were pretty much you know yeah. fucking no, insane I, people into uh you know a, a refined culture that you can somehow somewhat I mean, believe right yeah, yeah. and and yeah, no, and, and, and I've heard that. I've heard that a similar thing, and that, that that makes sense to me. I guess I just wanted to hear from your point from someone who's like actually Muslim and, and knows a lot about it, because I know some people are Muslim, just as there are many Christians who are Christian, but they do not know a lot about their religion. They just, like I used to be. Um, not that I'm taking any religion under my belt. Um, no, but I think it is interesting. And yeah, Muhammad is probably from what I, like, I always picture this dude was probably a good looking dude. I mean, what he had like five, six yeah. wives. Yeah. Um, he was probably. And probably. Then, you know, here's another thing that I always hear. And and we're going over this. And again, yeah, I love Muslims. Great, great people. I feel like I got to say now that I'm on a podcast, I have to throw in these like 
constant like yeah uh, so, you know but um like they're like he married a 13 year old or something like that right and i'm like well i'm not saying it's, but the, like a lot of that was like tribal right so there's different tribes and you had to like bring tribes together so you had to like yeah. commit these acts of like marriage because that's what brings two families together you had to do a lot of those things oh guess, yeah and, and also too like just to this is really what it is, is that a woman back then could not just be alone. Like, oh, yeah, my parents are dead. I'm just chilling. I'm hanging out. No, like if you don't have a family and you're a mm. woman, you have to, you have to get married. Mm. Someone has to be your keeper or else you're considered a prostitute, literally, or you're just, a you know. So to keep her honor, this is what Muslims would say. He married Aisha so that he could she could be a part of his family. Was Aisha the young one? I believe so. I could Ooh. be wrong. Again, I could be fucking wrong about so, all this. And then he married, what is it, Hajida? Um, yeah, Khadija. Khadija. Yeah. I always get the day D and J flipped. And she was older than him, though. Yep, she was older than him, yeah. And she yeah, was also... Crazy. And and the, the craziest thing to me is, like, going to places and they are, like, not allowing women to go to school and learn and stuff. It's like, you realize that, like, Muhammad's wives, yeah, were like were were more literate than he was. I was <laughs> like, say, they this were... is like a like a Freudian thing to it. Like this woman was not even Freud, but like this was like a strong, independent woman. Oh yeah, who kind of seems like, from what I've read, steered him in a lot of ways. Yeah, kind of was like his base, and like kind of seemed yeah. to be the power in that mm-hmm. household. Oh yeah, and 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 it's it's incredible to me. That you can find Islamic societies now that do not revere their women and allow them to do just as much as men can do because it's yeah, like, it's did you not read your own? But like, what are you doing? But hey, man, you, you interpret do, you interpret what you want to interpret. You know exactly the beauty of religion, right? And what you're really seeing too is the cultures that have come into contact with Islam trying to make Islam fit into the culture that already existed. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these cultures already had subjugated women in their cultures. That mm-hmm. was what they were doing. So to justify it, now they become Islamicized, they just find an interpretation. And the Quran is open to interpretation. It's saying use your use your higher intellect. Think about what, what's going on here. Don't just take it and just take it literally. Like it says that multiple times, like that you need to use yeah, your I like thinking. That. Yeah, which is, I mean, right? And it's crazy to me when I hear people like Bill Maher or Sam Harris, who, if there's Fuck one him. person, if there's one person who I want to execute, just like I want to <laughs> do a Saddam Hussein, like literally, like execute this dude, it's fucking Sam Harris. There's no bigger example of a bigot than Sam Harris, a true. I mean, you know, Sam Harris sees black people pass his car and locks the car doors every time. You know, he's a he's a a rich little nerd. He probably he he studied in Tibet or whatever the fuck it did monk things. Man, he really knows. He's like really well. Right, and that's my favorite thing too. He's on your kill list. Yeah, no, he's definitely on the kill list. Um, but no, the uh, it's funny to me too. Huh? Think about Jordan Peterson. Oh, Jordan Peterson. Um, I think here's the thing about Jordan, right? <laughs> I think a lot of what he says is a hundred percent true. You should make your bed in the morning. Um, <laughs> the know, that's, thing. Yeah, like that. That kind of stuff is just true, and it shouldn't take 
a guy in a three-piece suit with like you know cool gray silver fox hair to like explain that to people but we are in a place in society where people just don't have that sort of fatherly um God, uh, I mean, guidance, you know compass, uh, gu guidance yeah guidance moral uh, underpinning. A, lot of, a lot of people need him right but do i feel like he's somebody that i would really listen to it's like bro i struggled with zans he struggled with zans i think we're pretty much the same like i'm honestly, like well, I, you're, <laughs> you're not that honestly, much better than me <laughs> well you know what was interesting about jordan because i do less a lot yeah. of jordan peterson i hate being like one of those people that watch like joe rogan jordan peterson yeah. You know, and submits to that. I find him very interesting. I think he's pretty cool. I like it. He started getting a lot of Muslims on his podcast and talking to them. I mean, really? I think he's, yeah, he did. Yeah, a lot. He was talking to them a lot. And he's he's big on um, people, the book, and we all need to get together. Um, yeah. And, and, but he's been, I think he's losing his mind a little bit. Um, yeah. Because he's been posting a lot of YouTube things of him, like, critique. Because he's always got that, like, critique of the left. And I love mm -hmm. when, uh, is, is it? No, no, no. I was gonna say, does Tim Dillon do a Jordan Peterson act? Yeah, he he does he does a, a joke about Jordan. Yeah. He does a lot of jokes about Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Jordan, yeah, I think he's losing his mind a little bit. I think, well, when you're getting like chastised by you know leftists your whole life, you're gonna probably lose your mind. Yeah. Um, but he's just like, yelling and like just posting <laughs> these like ten minute monologues on YouTube like every week. He's like the far radical left is. And like saying that, which they, you know, we, 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 well, maybe we should go on that topic. The far left, or maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, it, you know, maybe it's not the right time. But on the Jordan Peterson, I, I mean, I like, listen, this podcast was started canceled. I think I only have like 500 subscribers or something stupid like that. So, do you really? I'm not, yeah. I will, it, it drops sometimes. I have like 429 right now, but I had 500 subscribers at one point. Yeah, no, it's are cool. You, it's cool. Under the same, uh, is it? Is it? Is it still under? This is the end. Yeah, no, it's still under the uh, the end with Adam. I just changed the name of it. Like, if you go onto your podcast app, uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you subscribe. But <laughs> if you go onto your podcast app, it doesn't say it. The only thing that says the end with Adam is the album art, so it's kind of confusing because it says the end with Adam, but then it says as it is a podcast. Who, so who did that artwork? That was Ben Croft. Peace to Ben Croft um, for making that artwork. He also made the new artwork too, which I'll show you at some point. But um, yeah, he's nice. But yeah, it's fucking awesome. Ben is a genius. Like he'll just whip shit up like that and be like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And I'm like, "I want it. What do you mean? I like I, that's amazing." Dude, I love um, it. Like I'm looking at the end with Adam thing, and I just loved how it looks like a like a Byzantine church design. I don't even know what, and it's like, that's what I asked for. I was like, I wanted to have like an Orthodox church kind of look. And he, he knew exactly what I was saying and just fucking found it and just did it. It was, it was incredible Peace to Ben Croft guys. Um, but yeah, but no, um, now, uh, what, yeah. Um, so now, uh, what, so if you're in a, like, I'm drinking, your Muslims can't drink, right? No, they cannot drink. Do you, you think um, it's a pretty good tenon, man? Like, think of all the dumb shit you do when you're drunk. I mean, I just, admittedly, you know, I'm running on on scraps right now. Uh, mm -hmm. I got, I went on a bender this weekend. Not, you oh, know, but not bad. But you know, Friday I went out. Yesterday I got invited on a boat. I'm gonna go on a nice. boat. Um, you gotta hit the boat, man. You gotta hit up the boat. Gotta hit the boat. 
It seems that's another rift between uh, Christianity and Islam. Obviously, I don't think any religion says you should drink, but it seems like with Jesus drinking wine, a lot of Christians interpret the wine drinking as an okay sign from God to drink. Islam's dull. Yeah. Um, do you think? I mean, what do you like? What do you think on that? So, what I really think is that. Um, what is I really interpretation? think. Yeah, what I really think is that the interpretation in the Quran is pretty solid that you should not drink. Right. But there have been some people, not me, some people who say that the Quran only explicitly forbades drinking to the point of being so drunk that you can't tell the difference between the sky and the earth. There's some terminology where they say that. Right. Um, and then in the Bible, it says, don't be a drunk. Right. Yeah. Like, drunk or yeah. yeah. Right. So, the, the the general rule, I think what, what it's trying to say, or not trying to say, but what you should get out of it is that, like, you probably just shouldn't drink most of the time. And, like, if you do drink, you know, keep it keep it chill. Like, drink responsibly. Right. But, but... Yeah, um, I think, what is, what, what part, I forget, I don't know if it's the Bible, what part of the Quran where it says, do not get, you know, inebriated and get behind the wheel of a, you know... Camel, nice car, yeah. Camel. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, but no, because it's like, but you got to remember that this is a general. This is like again, like a health department. So if you're talking to a sample size of like thousands of people, it's probably good to just tell everybody they can't drink. Because think about it: in those thousands of people, there's probably a good number of them that ha that will have a proclivity to become alcoholics, ruin their families, and and start to decay the society itself. Right? Because you're looking at how to, especially Islam, is obsessed with the idea of how do you create a strong community. Well, if you're trying to create a strong community, the probably you shouldn't have people drinking, right? Because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna fuck things up. Well um, so, so that's sort of what it means to me, um, yeah. is that as a society as a whole, shouldn't be looking at alcohol, especially like how we look at alcohol in America, where we pair it with one adulthood, we pair it with right. having it's a good almost time. A, uh, yeah. It's almost a rite of passage. Right. Like all of those things are, seem to be very detrimental to a society. I mean, there was a time in this country where they tried to outlaw alcohol because of how badly it was affecting the society. Like there was a reason why prohibition. So weird. Yeah. What a weird, like kind of reminds me of this, like abortion thing. It's like mm -hmm. a select, very small few of just like people that, you know, I, I feel like with abortion, it's a very small yeah. number of people that are outright against it. And yeah. then with that, prohibition it seems like a very small amount of people that were against it too yeah it's weird how those people just dictate and again this is the, i mean are these not the evangelicals we see like it's usually those bases that are doing these things for catholics no it's way. catholic it's, it's so like you got to look at who has political clout in this country as terms of like institutional religions and the catholics have like all the money in the world because they're connected to the catholic church then you have evangelicals that also have all the money in the world because they're connected to some of the richest parts of this country, some of the richest echelons of society in this country, yeah. especially when you hit the Midwest, when you hit uh, the big um, big sky states, when you hit like the people who have a ton of money are typically people like that are Mormon, evangelical, highly, highly Christian people. What the fuck? So what do Mormon like what? I, I mean, we don't know any Mormons. I know like when you get like Salt Lake City, where the fuck in Utah? 
Like, what do they do? I mean, like, do Mormons really like, have jobs that are in the upper echelons? Like, oh yes, they do. Um, I mean, they're I, I, really, they're really yeah. under the radar then, because like, what, like, yeah. what? Well, um, Davin can tell you in terms of <laughs> our. I mean, in terms of like the people that run our like higher parts of our military and especially our intelligence community, it's Mormons. And the reason for that is um, Mormons are, are pretty uh, clean, squeaky clean people, right? They don't even drink caffeine. So if you're looking for somebody who needs to be a foreign service officer in Vienna, um, you want the best example of an American you can find. Mm. Government, it's a more a Mormon. They're not. They don't drink. They don't have. They typically don't have any vices, like any sexual deviancies. And the ones that do usually get weeded out, right? Or they're just connected mm-hmm. to the right people and they get promoted. So it just depends on who you know. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it, it it really is a signification of like the cleanliness of their lifestyle allows them to rise in these kinds of ranks that you know t- people typically regular Americans typically don't, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that that's a big part of it. And then also, you know, when it comes to being politically active, these are people that want to change the very makeup of this country so that it can fit their ideological beliefs. So, of course, they're going to be politically active um, because they want America to become like Bible land. So they need to do as much as they can for that to happen. And to quote Bill Maher, um, what I really think what I really think Mormonism truly is, is the Americanization of Christianity, right? It's the yeah. belief that that America and Christianity have some sort of commonality, that there's something uniquely American about Christianity. And that's sort of what, why Mormonism takes such a strong hold in places that are, that only exist because the American empire exists, like Utah. Utah has no other reason to exist except for Western expansion, settlers coming, killing Indians, and setting up. That's as American as it gets, right? So those people, those places, they don't have, you know, like how we're on the coast, like we have, you know, Italian culture, you have Irish culture, you have, you know, uh, fucking German culture, you have uh, Latino culture. In Utah, traditionally, you didn't have that. You had American settler culture. You know, Puritanism, baby. Yeah. So yeah, Puritanism. I always think of uh, the witch after we watch that um, movie. Dude, honestly, there's very few movies that I feel like have a stronger opening than the witch. Like dude. the way that the witch opens is like, first of all, the the thing that Roger Robert Eggers does so well is make the past, at least like the collective imagination of the past seem horrifying just in its like just in the way that it exists like before you see any grisly stuff happen in the witch just the way that people look is scary right yeah, it's yeah. almost like it's in this other reality like it's this alien thing and um that is so appealing to me i don't know why you know what i on on that topic with like the salem witch trials and things like that I remember mm. in fucking, was it ninth grade? And we were going through that whole English phase where you read the Scarlet Letter, you know? You read, like, Calvinist predestination, like, things. Like, why the fuck are we learning this in ninth grade? Like, why is this a... Like, we had a whole English lesson on that shit. And my teacher yeah. was, like, black and, like... Yeah. It was very weird, and she was all into yeah. it. It was very weird, and she would like she was very. You know, less, we I used to talk to her about like rap a lot. She loved like Scarface and NWA, like all, a lot of those things. And we were just learning about fucking 
like yeah. the Salem witch trials and those things. I'm like, what? I don't. In, in terms of literature, what a fucking dead piece of literature. Like, bring us yeah. to the night. Like, it seemed that that shit sucked. Did you read the Scarlet Letter and the? Crucible? Yeah, I read the Scarlet. I mean, don't don't even get me started on fucking literature, man. I mean, I was an English major oh, in college, right? And, so you know. And, and yeah, I mean, first of all, English literature is garbage. Like wait, wait. British English, aside from Shakespeare, you have Shakespeare and then you have garbage oh, okay. for the entire, for 400 years, you just have garbage after him. <laughs> and then, and then uh, especially the type of English literature that was being written during the time that America was like starting to come up, like in the 1800s, like that, that 18, like the 19th century British literature is my least favorite type of anything like writing any a- anything it's the worst and uh it's so um it's so full of it century. so 1800s yeah 1800s so uh yeah, but, if you just, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. i'm re- so right now i'm reading again it's pretty basic i'm reading tale two cities okay and that's 1800 and it's yeah not bad but what do you think the colonials just there was just nothing it's kind of like an artless life it was. Yeah. Um, I would say the 1950s onward is really when American literature yeah. becomes like genuinely interesting and uh-huh. genuinely like doing something new and cool with writing. Well, how about uh, wait, wait, mm-hmm. how about like Fitzgerald, Hemingway? There's, they... uh, that's like that's that for me. Okay, I'll, I'll okay, push that, it back. Is to that, like, is that okay? I'll push it back saying... to the 20s. I'll push. Yeah. I'll say the 20s. It's the Roaring onward. 20s. I feel like spawned a lot of. Uh, maybe it was the decadence or veganism of the time, but it spawned a lot of great writing, right? Right, and I'll even go back to the 1800s and say that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is one of my fa- like. Dude, that's an incredible book. It's incredible. That is a fucking good book, man. It's so good, and I've never, I've never understood how you couldn't make a terrifying movie out of Frankenstein, like. If I could, if somebody was like, make a horror film right now, I would make Frankenstein and Dude. just take what Mary Shelley fucking says and make it into a movie. Like you don't need to do anything else with it. It's already put horrifying. Put uh, Midsummer dude on that shit and let him rumming it up. It fucking, uh, yeah, I, it is I, a I swear. book, man. That is a fucking, I mean, I've read it years, 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 but um, just the idea of a human who's just like totally torn apart, like trying to find love and just can't. And yeah, I mean, isn't that kind of what I never read? What is it? Brahm, whatever his name is, Dracula. Did you I haven't read Bram Stoker's Dracula, but I think that's an Irish guy. I don't think that's uh, that, English. Uh, and like, what is what? Is, when's James Joyce? Is he 1800s? I believe so. I could be wrong, but I'm talking about uh, the person. So the the kind of literature that I fucking hate is like. Hold on one second. I'm gonna find the the book. Hold on. It's right here. You own it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Charlotte Bront. Jane uh, Wuthering Heights. Is Wuthering, Wuthering Heights. Heights. I, if I could get a gigantic fire cauldron and throw all of this like <laughs> upper class English garbage into the furnace. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're telling me. Well, hold on. I mean, okay. Go on. Go on. Sorry. There is something so <laughs> self-indulgent and arrogant about these about that type of literature that makes me homicidal. If okay. I could go back if I could go back in time and grab all of those writers and line them up and just do another Saddam, just Saddam them, I would. It's the about, biggest waste of time. It's, it's like, as Pride and Prejudice, no? 
Jane Austen gets gets the electric chair first. She goes in there first, and everyone will get to watch what happens to her. That's what I would do. Um, that kind of, that kind of shit bugs me. There's one. There's one particular. There's one particular um, book that I read in college, and I can't remember who the fucking. Uh, Oh God! It, it'll kill me. I, so if I sit here, they, I never even thought of it. It is just so fucked up. It's all that high class, like colonialism. You know, they it's all just high class. People. It's high class, like oh God, we're so depressed, and I should have. I fancy him, but oh, then he no, it's, died. It's and bad. It's, it's just um it's blowhard shit it's pompous and it isn't translatable writing meaning that uh, aside from the really great descriptive nature of it there is really nothing i can take as a writer and say oh i can use this mechanism that i've seen work with this type of story like jane eyre and then i can translate it and make and use that with my own writing i can't it's unusable writing it's only meant to be ogled at and for academics to literally jack each other off while reading that's all it is made for and it sucks and there is absolutely no reason why it should be held to this to the standard that it's held at I think that anybody who is a literature major or a literature professor in college should immediately quit their job. That should be part of the uh, band book list. Just make that. I mean, yeah, it's like no, it is. I I, I never even thought of. I personally, I like Pride of Prejudice, kind of. Um, yeah. I had all also shout out my teacher, Miss Dellinger. She was a phenomenal English teacher. Really made that spin that book in a cool way, but. Now, what do you think? Do you think, like, what's in terms of, like, African-American literature? What's uh, your stance on James that? Baldwin. James Baldwin. Um, James, James Baldwin I've never is... read any James Baldwin books. Should I, so, read, I read some? I just, um, I got through Go Tell It on the Mountain. Uh-huh. That might be, I, I, I feel like you should read it, but it is a very, like, English class kind of book. Like, but it's in terms of it uh, showing you a perfect vision of like the black American experience and the Mm -hmm. humanism of it, like the human qualities of it uh, and the sort of um, hellscape that America actually is to a black person living in the early 20th century. Yeah. That book, but it's not like, Django like whips and chains it's the psychological torment that's what he's so good at at describing and showcasing in his uh in his works and um i would say james baldwin is sort of the beginning and the end of uh great african-american literature of that time there's much there's not much better but there's many 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 writers that are great but in terms of like classic american art james baldwin all right i'm gonna add so I go in periods with – it's like music. Like right now, I'm listening to a lot of classic rock, which is strange. Like, you know, classic rock I listened to when I was a kid. Listen to a lot of randomly, ELO, a lot of Doors, a lot of Pink Floyd. Okay. Um, and I know those are nuanced bands and, you know, the greatest hits. I took a step from the greatest hits. And I went and looked at the discography, deeper in the discography. But yeah. other high point. I go to that like books. Like when I'm reading books – I go through periods. Like right now, I just got off a huge kick of, and I'm doing now, Tale of Two Cities, one of it. I'm in a big, like, uh, American Revolutionary War era 
and I guess now okay. it's tending to French Revolution. And I've been in a big kick for that. For a while, I was doing a lot of African American. You know, I read um, Malcolm X's biography, which autobiography, which I think is one of the best books in the fucking world. I read MLK's. I read Asada. I read uh, what's that other one? The New Jim Crow. I was just on a kick like that, and then I stopped. I got I lost interest. And I've been on, at one point, I go in literature phases, and I go in, I had a big Middle Eastern thing. Um, so I think I'm going to have to pick back up on the African-American, because I think a lot of those books really are fucking good. Have you heard of The Warmth of Other Suns? Have you heard of that book? No, no. What's that? I don't know, but I bought it the other day. Cause I <laughs> it, and it's apparently, it's like a, you know, whatever, what's the, no, whatever you give someone a big board, Pulitzer, whatever the fuck it is. So I'm going to read yeah. that, and it's about the big Great Migration. And um, it's, it's funny how with books, though. I mean, do you ever get like that where you go through phases? Like, I, I'm i a big biography guy. I love reading about better men that I am probably never able to be. I don't know if it's like this um, torment I like to do to myself, this feeling bit, <laughs> or maybe this, I think it's fascinating, these people exist. But do you ever, like, go through phases where you go and read different books like you just have a, a, a proclivity to certain times or eras and then just like you read one book and then you read something that's kind of relatable you know what I'm saying? yeah i mean i i typically even with like when i think about films that i like it's a lot like when i think about books that i like mm. very very seldom do i read something that is like about me or about somebody that like i could Im- immediately relate to because I just don't find that as interesting, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I like to peer into other people's lives and see like, what is the humanism? Like what connects me to this person? And, uh, and that's the kind of stuff that I like. I like a lot of John Fowles. Um, he did this book called, uh, hold on. I got to go to the bookshelf again. Hold on. Are you a Jack Kerouac guy? Uh, he's all right. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got two, I got two big recommends for you. Um, the Please tell me. I I mean, again, I'll add that to the uh, queue of li- the list of things I need to read. But so, number one, and I've told you about this book before. Right. But number one, read "Tripping with Allah," Michael Muhammad Knight. You got to read that. Um, okay. John John Fowles, the Collector. Uh, it's about a guy who kidnaps a girl and like keeps her in his basement, but the the story unwinding and this guy's obsession with this woman and his uh and it takes place i believe in like 1950s london mm-hmm. but him him preparing to do it him like b- starting to believe that she likes him like getting into the head of this truly sick guy um is one of the most thrilling it's a page turner it is a truly Ooh. thrilling um book uh but tripping with allah is actually more of like a kind of a biography type, which you might like. Uh, Michael Muhammad Knight is a converted Muslim. I believe he's white. And uh, his mother was schizophrenic. And I don't think mm. he ever knew his father. And he uh, started to go to like Harvard Knight School. He was like living out of his car. Uh, and he started hanging around like five percenters and, you know, uh, uh, sort of the, the street culture of modern Islam in inner cities. And that's kind of where he starts to get his understanding of Islam. And then he kind of dives even deeper because Islamic literature is this rabbit hole that just never ends. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So he, he kind of like does a little bit of a, uh, his own journey through that while he's like tripping on like DMT and doing a bunch of crazy ass drugs. It's uh, it's an incredible, it's 
I read I, it I in read college. It I read it down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at yeah. it. I mean, I, I can't guarantee I'm gonna read it soon because I have a few other books in the queue, but it's it's there. Yeah, just no. just buy it and just have it. You know, just get it on Amazon and just have it so that you can just yeah, yeah. read whenever you feel like it. You know, but um, yeah, those are the two books I would definitely um, recommend. Noted. And I wrote. I'm gonna I'm gonna look into James Baldwin. I need to read some James Baldwin. He's the one person I never touched or read up on. So um, yeah, I wanted to ask. He's, um, on a side note, I was talking about music earlier. What have you uh, been listening to lately? Um, so I go out of into and out of music. Like I've listened to so much music in my short life that I'm kind of burnt out. Like I'll just uh, listen. Yeah. To I, yeah, I just kind of listen to stuff that I already like. But I mean, to be honest, I've listened to Jimmy Crooks by Drake probably five thousand times in the past like forty seventy two hours. Um, so I would say. Not that album. That album's garbage. But Jimmy Crooks is, uh, it is my new obsession. It's the one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. Many times. Uh, uh, probably six over, or seven. Times. Over, uh, you think you listen to that more than you listen to War? Uh, to War, I would say it's up there now. It's probably a close uh, how about, second. Uh, how about Judo? Um... Remember no, that it's been listened, yeah, it's been listened to more than Judo. It's been listened to far more than Judo, <laughs> for sure. I, when I'm telling you, so I had a, I had like a 45-minute drive from uh, Spotlight to uh, like my girlfriend's house. And when I tell you I didn't even let the song end before I would just press repeat, I'm not kidding. I heard that song the entire 45 minutes. It's a two-minute song, so you do the fucking math. Yeah, that's I was, one with 21, right? Dude, have you heard it? Yeah. I did. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly, that album, I didn't really listen to much. Oh, if you like it that much, I got to go back. Um, you got to go back. Listen to it loud in your ears. Okay. Huh? No, I've got, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to listen to it again. I got a good bass on it, but. Okay. Noted. Noted. I, I mean, that's how I feel like that's your usual thing. You get like a song and a earworm, a weird one. Like you get like these ones where it's like, <laughs> not like I don't know. The two that do stand out for me are both War and Judo because, um, and then remember you got Brady on the fucking Big Moochie Grape, whatever the fuck that yeah. his name was. But yeah. yeah, you did say those things, and, and then I fell kind of into that pattern. Like War was getting played all the time. Like I'd wear ski masks. I mean, that's what I do around yep. my house. You know, you just I bought like a fresh like Arcteric Arcteric. I don't know you fucking say it. Like mask yeah. my face, I remember just like posing in front of the mirror, listening to that, because like that's what it makes you do, right? Like, <laughs> yes, there's nothing. You're the only thing that should be exposed when you're listening to war is your eyes. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You you should be wearing technical gear, like g- gear that you should be able to climb a mountain with. That's what you should be yeah. wearing. In, yeah, in Florida, like in hot weather, probably. I mean, oh, I know yeah. that movie. <laughs> I know that videos and it is in uh, some Arctic region, Ski resort. But yeah. I mean, like when we, like you and I, and two of the listeners that don't know, like one day you and I are gonna go to Turkey. Yeah, um, yeah. We're gonna go. It's gonna be pretty warm, and you know, we we talked about that. We plan on wearing, yeah, coats that you'd wear in Antarctica. You know, like the North Face ones yeah. where you pay like four hundred dollars more. Like you know, you get a jacket yeah. three hundred dollars. You pay like a thousand dollars for this jacket because it has like pure down feathers. Like that's what we're doing, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's just what you have to do. It's not really up to us, you know. It, like, yeah. When we get off the plane, when we get off the plane, we're gonna have those rectangular sunglasses from Balenciaga. We're never gonna take them off. Like we're gonna sleep in those. 
we're going to be wearing the most technical uh, Arctic gear that we could possibly find, like Canada Goose socks. Like that's how serious yeah. this is about to get. I mean, and like, and, uh, yeah. but what is it? Vetements? How do you fucking say it? Oh, Vetements. Yeah, Vetements. The jacket. I'm gonna get that. Yeah. jacket. like oversized. Like we have to, t- and like when we fly down, we're, we're, you and I are both. But we have to buy three seats. Like we can't. Oh, you know what I'm saying? We're not just gonna one seat with what we're wearing. There's no, no way. Our coats need our coats need their own seat. Like they our coats are also flying with us. Like they have to buy their own ticket. Like our coats are another person. And then I mean, like assuming what we wear, we might have something with like very boxy shoulders, where you know yeah. our shoulders might stem two or three seats. Yeah, it, it's just it's just how it is. You know, it I, really. I, yeah, I think <laughs> right. It's there's just there's no other way. Right? No, I mean, no. What, are you going to go to Turkey wearing, uh, like, shorts, a bathing suit, some Nike Air Force? No, we're going there. No. How much How much do you think we're going to have on our bodies, like, in terms of oh, dollars? Easily, easily $20,000 worth $20, of different different materials, different, um, like, I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. When um, we have to get those gloves, I wish, you know, we could pull up. We look at Jamie Vernon <laughs> to pull it up, but I don't know if any of the listeners are familiar with it, but... There's these gloves that Adam and I we would like, and it's three fingered gloves. It kind of looks like a hoof or something weird. Yeah, you can't you, you really, look, and it's perfect because like you won't probably be able to pick up things. And no. why do you need to pick up things when you're wearing twenty thousand dollars worth of clothes? We're gonna no, have that, someone else pick it for us. Yeah, that's what your assistant is for. Why are you holding things? Why are you walking around? What What are you doing? Are you a table waiter? Why Why are you holding a coffee cup? You should have your assistant hold your coffee, and when you need it, he just puts it up to your lips, and you take a sip. It's that simple. It's, it's that not that simple. Hard. Right, and people are like, well, probably like, well, why do you need to do that? It's like you just don't get it. It's just what you do. I mean, yeah. and like, I don't know if we'll have a good time. I, who knows, but. We're not smiling. What, are you going to smile when you're in Turkey? If you're wearing $20,000 I mean, worth of clothes, are you going to smile? I mean, there's nothing more preposterous preposterous than thinking to smile when you're wearing technical gear that was made to climb Mount Everest. You're going to be with a constant grimace on your face, possibly not even really opening our mouths to speak. We're going to text each other if we have yeah, really yeah, something Yeah, you can't show teeth. Thank you. There's no... no. That shows what? weakness, right? If you show yeah. your teeth, I mean, that's a clear sign there's some weakness in you. I mean, you show the the the, the slightest quibble of a fucking white on your face, like yeah. like there should be no white on the face. Eyes are yeah, covered, exactly. Teeth are covered. The only thing they they can see is the mouth on a yes. perfect horizontal line. Yes. No yes. no webbing. No 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 curve. No. It is yeah. I mean. Yeah. I'd even go so far to say maybe we wear ski, you know, wear something on our faces. I, I was thinking more of the Hannibal Lecter mask, uh, or, <laughs> possibly, or, or possibly the mask that, uh, or, or possibly the mask that uh, people who defuse bombs have to wear. Those very heavy metal uh, masks. That, that, that those are the kinds of things that we're gonna have on our face. I was thinking about it, dude. I know you and I talked, and like. Dressing like a what was it? Not a dictator, a fascist? Was it fascist? Yeah, dressing fascist. Yeah. <laughs> when do you think that's? I mean, I think that's still kind of in. When do you think we're gonna go to like French, like bourgeoisie, yeah. like type of thing? Because these things go in phases, right? And like right, right. Well, I'm planning for that. Like I'm colonial wear yeah. something. You know, those things gotta come back, right? 
Listen, I'm planning when next time I go to Paris to have one of those those collars that are like a circle of just cloth that's like frilled and uh, just those high ass socks. Like, I don't really see a point. I genuinely don't see a point going to Paris if you're not going to wear clothes like that. And if you're not going to take it absolutely seriously. Like, this isn't a joke. This isn't like, haha, I'm playing dress up. Like, no, I'm not going to carry a cell phone on me. I will have everything will be period appropriate. I will have a clock that I have to put in my lapel that is literally chained to me that's made out of solid, solid platinum with with a, with a, a cloudy glass face like the the glass should not be tempered like it is today it should be a clouded glass that you have to put it right up to your face i should have one monocle we they didn't have two bifocals bifocals weren't invented until un, until fucking benjamin franklin so we're talking about at least 100 years prior to that so i'm having one a, a monofocal that's what has to happen it, there's I mean, there's no other workaround. There's just no other thing. I mean, you're going to Bastille. I mean, you're going to these places. You have to show up. The socks, you have to get. And I, I you know, I always wanted to dress like, and this uh-huh. is kind of a blend, but did you ever play Kingdom Hearts? Yes. I always wanted to dress like that, dude. He had those yeah. fucking giant shoes. <laughs> yes. Like, how can I get my, like, how can I get the ratio of giant shoes to super skinny jeans to the biggest thing I could wear on my upper body. Yeah, like, like, the, like the Vetamon's jacket or whatever, the one we, we mm-hmm. said, I wish people could see it. Beautiful jacket. And then that, and like tight skinny jeans, and then just you just need like elf shoes, like things that are literally yeah. like giant. Clown shoes. Clown, Clown shoes. Like you, you should not be able to walk properly in them. And these <laughs> are the kinds of things that are just non-negotiable. Like I toss and turn at night thinking about how can I get myself to look like a 17th century French aristocrat. Like I'm trying to figure it out. I go on websites, I ask people, and I'm barely getting any answers. <laughs> French, yeah, like French bourgeoisie, uh, yeah. Reddit, subreddit. Like where, yeah, can, like, like wait, well, honestly, where do you find that? At what point though, because we're talking about this, laughing about this, but there will come a time in the very near future Kanye is going to be wearing, like, it's going to come back, right? Oh, it's 100% coming back. Probably this, like, fall-winter collection from Yeezy is pretty much just going to be corsets. It's just going to be French corsets, uh, uh, period-appropriate, uh, like a 20,000... Huh? Just French corsets. Just yeah, th- this is what we're wearing now, guys. Like, I hope everybody had a nice time wearing your Supreme and wearing all your Balenciaga. We're okay, done Supreme. now. Yeah, Wait, we're you know, done. I mean, would you? Are you friends with anyone who wears Supreme? Like, <laughs> no. What you're wearing Supreme? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like I, I, mean, I you couldn't were, even imagine. I feel like though, in your day, you were on top of those trends. So, like, you definitely own Supreme, right? Oh no, dude! I, here's here's my you, here's no, my I, thing. I, I'm saying this in a, like a uh, a complimentary manner because you were way ahead. Like Supreme was like a a concept then when people weren't wearing it, but I just feel like you were part of that. Like you showed, no, like you knew, Jay. You, knew, you knew the odd future before everyone. You knew like you were just kind of in the forefront of those things. So I feel like you might have worn it at one point because it was like that brand that no yeah. one knew about then. Now it's like. Have yeah, yeah. No, I mean CJ was more of a supreme guy. I here my here's my thing is I, I don't know. Like, exactly, he's that too. He's very for. He's very uh, 
like you guys. I mean, you guys were attached to the hip. You guys were just had this foresight that could see trends. But sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I was just saying like uh, he's he's definitely more of the supreme guy because he he was a skater. So that's skate wear, right? Like I wasn't a yeah. skater, so I, I couldn't really rock supreme. What I would rock is an Oxford collared shirt, for example. Certain things that I think speak to me, you know, all black Sperry's, you know, uh, suede Sperry's, you know. I, I really liked the um, collegiate look, you know, when I was uh, a teenager. That was sort of my my bend, you know, really? whereas his bend, yeah, his bend was definitely more like streetwear. I didn't get into streetwear till college, man. Okay. No, I didn't, yeah. I didn't. You know, I, just, I mean, I knew you were aware of it, but that makes sense. Yeah, but I love that stuff. I just couldn't wear it because I wasn't a skater. Yeah, I remember when I first um, heard Odd Future, it was because of you. And I, we weren't friends then. But I remember I was on Facebook, and it's very weird. And I saw, like, because you, you, I think you used to do that. But I, I saw, like, you know, Facebook things come to your feed, and you yeah. – I was friends with you on Facebook, but, you know, you see so many people. And I remember, like, yeah. you put a video on, like, I think it was, like, Seth Riles. Yeah, Facebook Boy, wall, I used to do that. It was Yonkers, and yeah. I watched it, and I was, like, fascinated. Because that video was... It was awesome. It was monumental. awesome. I mean, at that period, now I think Tyler Crater sucks, and it's a whole other topic. Yeah. He's kind of fugaz, whatever, but... <laughs> um, and that was a good time. That was a good time for music. I think uh, yeah. on the top of music, I think it's it's all over. And it really is. Harp on this because you know you and I both have our shared love for Tim Dillon. You much more. You knew you listened to him for years. But he and he, he says this. And I think we've said it before. But like, there's no more creative output anymore. Everything has been boiled down to a dollar. I think when streaming came about in 2016 or 15. That's when like people started being like, oh, I can just shit out music. I can just upload it on Apple Music and just get mu- money right away. And it stopped yeah. being about creative output. No, it, it um, absolutely did. It absolutely stopped being about. I mean, it was never really, the music industry was never really about creative output. I mean, even in the times where we associate with like the best musicians in the world, you know, or the best musicians of all time, like, the business of music has always been purely commercial. Like, how do we get this to the most people possible so that I can buy a fourth Rolls Royce? Like, it was always exploitative, you know? But I think when streaming did come about, a lot of these companies had to just kind of sort of uh, inject that with steroids because they were worried about, oh, we can't sell albums at a CD store for $20 anymore. We better get as much money as we can out of this single. You know, so it became yes. a lot more. It, it became a lot more uh, high octane bullshit just to get a dollar. Yeah. You know, and the album was always the creative output. Like when you're talking yeah. music, someone who knows music, you're saying, "What's your favorite albums?" You're not saying, "What's your favorite yeah. hits?" Because that's what most good musicians they culminate, they put together an album of great songs. You know, right. and the album thing did leave. I just remember like. That was because I was torrenting all the fucking time. Can I get arrested for saying I torrented stuff? Is, is no. The, someone gonna yeah. is someone gonna track me now? Am I done? No, uh, you're good for all the the viewers. But I remember it was like 2016 when like I think it was it was that one. It, it, this is like the fall. This is like the the zeitgeist of rap music. It was when Thug, yeah. Young Thug put out Slime Season Two, and oh, yeah. the album that was not uh, streaming. 
And then when Future put out Dirty Sprite too, that was streaming. And I think that's when streaming kicked in. And a lot yes. of rap music, yes, that too. was like the peak. I mean, you go to the XXL Freshman, what was that, 2014, whatever the fuck it was. They weren't in it, but that was the Uzis, the 21 Savage. Mm-hmm. After that, it's been a downhill. It's been a drop. I mean, now you got these like little TJs. All these, like, kind of, I just call them mock artists. They're boring. There's no substance to them. It's all been done. I mean, NBA Youngboys probably put out his, like, 50th album recently. <laughs> I mean, this has all got to stop. And it's, I understand why they do it. They're just getting money. and But it's all the yeah. same. I, I hate when people come to me and they're like, Wes, have you heard this, like, what is the rappers now? No Cab, Lil T. Who's the, who's the other ones? Oh Baby. I don't even, I don't know. Well, there, there's so many. There's Yeet who, who Yeet. like fell oh off. Oh my God. I love yeah. the wave of women that like, I see these like very New York style women that are extremely yeah. good looking. My type, I think they're, yeah. but they like fall on this Yeet train. They fall into the latest trend that is not like fully yeah. big, but they're like semi bit, like semi known. And they think mm-hmm. they've like found like, gold in a, a mind they think it's like the next gold rush they're like on top of for everyone but yeah it is just interesting to me how far rap has plummeted no it's it um it's what what you're seeing is a genre of and an art form that has nowhere left to go uh so yeah, it's yeah. circling it's in it's, it's it's in its death spiral but i don't think rap will ever truly be dead i don't think yeah. hip-hop will ever die yeah. it will just decay and decay until finally someone somewhere decides to change the tune of what the mass culture consumes but right mm. now rap is still yeah. doing so well that it just doesn't seem like we're going to hit that point for at least another 10 years. But I do believe by the 2030s, and mark my words, by the 2030s, we will not be listening to rap on a regular scale. I don't, I don't believe so. It, it, it and, just, yeah. it, it, it's, it's funny you say that because it kind of was almost like rap is the end game. Like Soul and all those things, R&B, it propped up rap, right? It all, culminated, mm-hmm. it all came down the line and it made rap. And rap is like the final stage. It's like the Raichu of, you know, like Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the final yeah. form of rap. I don't know where it goes from here. I mean, I, I think that's what the, I think the only person who's bending, who's still changing lanes and doing things, and people can hate me, is Kanye. I, I thought Donda was yeah. a fucking great album. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what we're gonna get more into, like the the modality of lyrics being delivered through rhyme, will probably never go away. I yes. think that is yes. that is what rap will always, you know, mm-hmm. there it will, you will be able to identify a song in fifty years and still hear someone rhyming their words. Yeah, you know, 100%. but I don't think it will look or sound, at least sonically, anything like the rap that we traditionally call hip hop. Um, so I think that, that will be what happens. And I don't think a recording artist or a rapper will be the, uh, type of person that will be producing this kind of music. I do think it's going to move more towards, uh, bedroom, you know, people that are not created by industries and are somewhat at least starting out as independent, you know, kind of guys that make their music, you know, on, their own makeshift equipment. I think the age of the studio is kind of ending. Um, But I think there will still always be studios, but I don't think that that is is a necessary quality that we'll get, that we're going to see carry on into the future. I think uh, people like XXX Tentacion kind of showed us 
in a little bit what the future is going to look like, where you're going to have a musician who will be required. It will no longer be a uh, interesting, cool thing, but it will be a requirement that they can blend rap with, you know, sad rock with, uh, you yeah. know, kind of hardcore, you know, like with like yeah. hardcore screaming, we're going to see that kind of, uh, uh, multifacetedness yeah. become the standard very soon. Like we just started blending like rap with like nineties, uh, grunge yeah. bands. Like we're just doing like Pearl Jam fused rap or like Stain, yeah, yeah. Stain and like Huba Stank mm-hmm. and all those. <laughs> just starting oh, yeah. on that 90s, think... like weird, like gothic. I don't even know what music that was. It's definitely the worst, <laughs> worst decade of, of music of all time. I, 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 I mean, I think the 2000s was the worst period yeah. of music of all time. Yeah, there's still some stuff I like in the early 2000s, but yeah, in terms of its content, it was definitely a low point. Um, Yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, yeah, I I agree. The Temptations is an interesting thing. It was that mix, and it was kind of more like you're saying, I know what you're saying. You're saying like more bedroom people. People are in their rooms just making songs, right? Like not as much they have to go to the studio. It's more like a creative because they have the. But yeah, no, that is true. I mean, I mean, you know, I was telling you about I'm listening to like classic rock right now, but always a piece in my heart and that I go back to always is classical music. I think oh, yeah. classical music, you know, whether it be Rachmaninoff, Schumann, uh, obviously Beethoven, fucking Tchaikovsky, that has yeah. been my bedrock of music because I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything more beautiful in this world. There's nothing that moves me to tears, nothing like organic that moves, you know, that moves yeah. me to tears than that. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's no sonic one, perfection. Yeah. It, 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 it is sonic perfection. And you can make the case with like jazz and a lot of other styles, but um, I don't know what they did with classical. And it's always interesting to me because classical, like it's still around. String names are still around. There's still billions of people out that can make music, classical music, but why did it just stop after 1930? I mean, what? I think Debussy kicked into the early 1900s, and then it just stopped. Do you yeah, think it advanced? I, I don't know. I know. I've heard, I've read, like, Miles Davis was highly influenced by, like, Debussy and a lot of those impressionist mm-hmm. things. Why is it that, like, in, in jazz, too, why is yeah. there no good jazz or classical? I think uh, like like everything, like all art forms, music evolves, right? So right. the first the first jazz musicians, like Miles Davis, is a perfect example. They the first like you know publicly uh, revered jazz musicians because jazz was going on in nightclubs long before it was like on the radio. But when it became a cultural underpinning, was mm-hmm. when these people were able to carry on the traditions of ar- arranging and assembling bands to create great music like on paper great music like written music um they jazz is this uh is this um like evolved version of having a string and brass section right it's this other it's this more freed version of that and then when you have rock music you have the injection of the electric guitar Mm. right that was a creation that didn't exist before Mm. once you hear that sound right it's hard to get away from a new sound really is it it makes the old sounds kind of fade away and you want to hear 
That so that's kind of what happened. A lot of yeah. sense. That makes a yeah, lot but, of sense. But hey, man, we're at our time. Um, so I want to kind of wrap up and just say uh, thanks Damn. so much. Yeah, yeah I know. Let's yeah. do another. Let's do another one sometime, man. I'm a hundred percent down. It's this interesting as you do the 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 podcast and shit. Like I have these ideas and I float them around in my brain, but I don't really like. And I can have these conversations with you with offline or without like an audience or whatever. But when you bring the audience on, it's like I, I, I word them and craft the thoughts into a much more coherent string. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it makes it makes you work a little harder to, to you do. You, you know? Do. Well, look, I mean, no, thanks for uh, bringing me on the as it as it is podcast. Yeah. Um, Definitely, man. It was a great speech. I hope people, you know, pick up a few things from here. I'm definitely, 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 definitely down to do it again. Yeah, tell your friends, tell everybody to listen to it. I'm going to release it probably today. So it'll be up if you want to go to the podcast app and just check it out. Um, I, but uh, huh? I think it's good. Um, we didn't touch too much on to, you know, conspiratorial matters. Yeah, you know, I, I want to live a few more years. Yeah, exactly. You know, like we still got to go to Turkey and all that stuff. So, you know, we got some things we got to do. But uh, but yeah, man, uh, this was awesome. And thanks so much, Wesley. And yeah. thank you guys for listening. And we're out of here. Yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Adam. All right. Thanks.